Thanks for joining us on the Church of the Lakes podcast, where we inspire life, share life, and give life. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at cotlakes.com. We'd love to connect with you. Now, let's go to the message. So I'm eligible for summer camp now. 
Yeah, because what we're doing is this. Is if they go through the first book, which the third lesson is the one where they have the opportunity to invite Jesus into their life. Well, by the way, I didn't get to tell y'all, but last week, Malcolm, who is a kind of a, kind of a, um, kind of a straight punk kind of kid. To be quite honest, I love the kid. Um, he accepted Christ last week. You know, got to pray with him. Uh, and, uh, and, and here's the best part. All three lessons that we did, Malcolm came to me and asked me to do this. Like, I won't do it He's like, that's fine. You do a lesson with me? I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, okay, sure. And he did that to me three other times until we got the time to pray. And then when I told him today's your spiritual birthday, he's like, really? He's like, what you going to do for my birthday? Right. Uh, so, uh, so I'm working on that. I, mean, I, I, but I, I think I'm working on the Bible, so I'm going to get it. And uh, so I'm really excited. But all those kids, listen to me, they go through three lessons. He just told them, if you can try to come up with $50, and we're doing that on purpose. For those of you who are like, I want to cover that $50 and all that. No, 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 they need skin in the game. I've been doing this a long time. They don't pay anything. They don't show up all the day to go to camp. You understand what I mean? But if they give $50, our church would cover the rest of the goods on our camp. Right? So would you pray about scholarships and all that? I mean, we've got 70, over 70, 75 kids probably now that are checking in from the neighborhood. It's like we have our youth group, and then we've got a whole other neighborhood youth group that Eve is working with every week. So it is it's so exciting. I love and funny because I, you guys know, I was a youth pastor for years, and that's my heart. And so, you know, I got to do all these meetings, like elder meetings, and study for sermons and stuff like that. I love going to play it at the team center. Can I, I just tell you all? Man, I just love, I just, I love the opportunity to, like, sit there with Malcolm and just hear him pray the prayer and say, Jesus, be Lord of my life. And that's what it's all about, right? I mean, that's, so anyway, man, I'm really excited about that. So, if you want to go scholarship, that would be awesome. We started a new series last week called Love Well. And boy, that is hard to do. Would you not agree? I mean, look, it's a romantic idea in today's Valentine's Day. And so we talk about all the gooey-gooey stuff. But love is really not love until the other person's a turd. You know what I'm saying? But when the other person is hard to love, that's when it's hard to really love. That's when, honestly, honestly, I think that's when it's love. Right? When it's love, it's not when it feels good and the flowers and the chocolate. You know, Jen and I went out to dinner. We got our Valentine's last night. It was so nice looking at my honey across the table and we enjoyed ourselves. But that's really not. It's on the days that we can't stand each other. You love somebody, let's be real. That we love well. Right? That we love anyway. That we sacrificially love as Jesus did. And, and um, some of you guys know this. Uh, I, my degree, because um, this is what pastors usually get a degree in, my degree is in biochemistry. I really use it quite a bit these days. But here, I'm going to use it for just a second. Does anybody here know the third law of thermodynamics? Second law of thermodynamics. All right, here, you ready? I'm going to make it real simple for you. All things go from a state of order to a state of disorder. Everything goes from a state of order to a state of disorder. If you went to your house lately, and ladies, can I get an amen if you have children? Right? Like, nothing goes from disorder to order, which actually is anti-evolution. I won't get into evolution today. But reality is that there's a law. It says things will go from a state of order to disorder. So here's what I want to say to you this morning, based on the, the law of thermodynamics, the second law of thermodynamics, that your relationships, great relationships, good, healthy relationships are possible, but not probable. 
understand what I mean? They're possible. But they're not just going to happen. They're not probable. We don't just accidentally fall into good relationships. Like, the, the love that that new thermodynamics says things will go from order to disorder unless a force interrupts and takes it towards order. For us to love well, for us to have a good relationship, we're going to have to interrupt what is going in the direction of disorder in our hearts, in our lives, and in our relationships, and bring something to it that takes us to a place of having healthy relationships. Does that make sense, everyone? And so I want to talk a little bit this morning because, let me say it this way, nothing drifts in a good direction.
love well. So today I want to talk about our relationships, but I want to talk about probably the most foundational, most important part of relationship. You ready? Communication. Communication. Communication, Pastor Ron gave me this definition 100 years ago. Communication is the giving and receiving of information with understanding. Come on, y'all. How many of you know you can say something and your spouse hears something completely different? Right? So giving and receiving of information with communication. And in other words, that with understanding. In other words, that we understand. Man, when you watch what's going on in politics today, but in the back and forth, it's, it's insanity. Both sides are insane. If you make a comment on a line, you get annihilated. Listen, if you like making comments online, maybe you should ask yourself this question before you post. Do I want to win an argument or do I want to win people? Because can I say this to your church? Your opinion really doesn't matter. Your actions do. Right? We, we can spell our ideas all day long and give out and think that's communication. That's not. We communicate better with our actions, with what we do and how we act. And so I, I want to talk a little bit about that today because I think what we've done is we get started with keyboard courage. Do you know what keyboard courage is? Where, where somebody, because they're sitting and looking at a screen and not a face and not a human, they get on a keyboard and they've got courage to say things that they wouldn't have said to your face. I think it started with keyboard courage. It evolved into social media, but now we are getting bold enough to say it face to face. And we are saying, when you look at the communication in our culture, it has gotten vile. It's gotten vulgar. And my fear is that before we start throwing stones at the rest of the world, which Christians are really good at, man, we love throwing stones at everybody else, talking about all those sinners out there. Before we do that, maybe we need to examine our communication. Maybe, maybe we need to stop and come examine, what am I saying? And what am, how am I saying it? And, and am I bringing transformation? Or am I just throwing out information to people because I'm being argumentative and I want to be right? Because our job is not to be right. Our job is to win people. Our job is to glorify God in what we do. So if we're going to transform the way we think, I want to look at communication today and ask God to transform us. So let me give you some research. This is not Pastor Mike stuff. This is like, God is way smarter than me than to come up with this. Four levels of communication. Let me give you some basics here, and then I'll give you some practical stuff at the end. Four levels of communication. Number one is surface communication. Surface communication. This is the cliche. This is the, hey, how you doing? Well, you really don't give a flip how they're doing. You're just expecting to hear what back. Fine, good, good, right? And then people go, you know you're uncomfortable when you go, how are you doing? And somebody goes, oh, well. And on the inside, they're like, no, 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 no. That's not what this was. This was just surface communication. Right? We do surface communication. We don't really intend to have communication. I haven't, it's just my opinion. You don't have to agree. I think the more elaborate digital communication we get, the less we're communicating. I tell you, I hate having a real discussion by anything other than face-to-face. Because you can't read my language. You misread the text or you misread the email. Come on, y'all. You know what I'm saying. But, like, we're not really communicating. But the next level, number two, is general information. This is kind of how most homes work. Uh, 
have Sally at the ball field at three. Uh, someone's just going to test today and make sure they study through, like, this is schedules, right, and general information, kind of a deal, uh, just to be passing off. But real communication happens at, at, at really a deep letter. Okay, Valentine's Day, side note real quick uh, for communication. Oh, man, let me help you for a second. It's Valentine's Day. So what I'd like to give you real quickly is the four most romantic words in the human language. Are you ready, gentlemen? I'm helping you here write these four words down. Here they are. And then what happened? That's funny. I don't care what she says. That's funny. And after she passes out, pick her up and let her continue the conversation, right? Four of us are going to go out. And then what happened? Like, Please tell me more. Like, anyway. All right, moving on. Next level of communication. Number three is deep feelings. So let me say this to you. Listen to me. People have feelings. And their feelings might be wrong, but their feelings are still real. As a matter of fact, there are people who are having a feeling and they know the feeling's wrong, but they're still having the feeling. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, how many of you have ever gone, I know I shouldn't feel this way, but I just feel like, oh, right? We need to deal with feelings, right? We have to have a safe place to express feelings without autocorrect. Here's what I think our culture's done. We have this stupid thing on here. Does anybody ever get frustrated with autocorrect? Have you ever tried to type a word and it puts the wrong word? If you try to retype it, it puts a different wrong word. And you say, you know what I'm talking about. But here's what I believe. Listen to me. I think what we have done is we've taken autocorrect into the interaction personally. We feel like we're supposed to autocorrect people. Let me say, we need to create safe places for people to feel what they feel. Now, we need to help them to explore those feelings. But if we're just going to sit on autocorrect all the time, then we're never safe. We, we never get to that place, and so communication doesn't happen in that particular level. But there's a whole other level, right? And most marriages never get to this place. As a matter of fact, I'm going to make a really bold statement. 90% of marriages don't get to what I'm about to say right now. Number four is deep needs. Deep needs. The best marriages are going to be those that understand the needs of their mates. So here's a challenge I have for you if you're married. I challenge you, don't cheat. Separate, get a piece of paper. You write down her needs, let her write down your needs, and then compare it. I guarantee you won't get any right. Unless you have done some extensive work on your marriage. Unless you've been to counseling, unless you've been, Jim and I, I tested him again this morning. We're at breakfast this morning, and I was like, hey, it's been a while since we've done this, so tell me what your deepest needs are. She shared with me, and I was like, nope, I was off. And then she said, so what are yours? And I told her, and she would have gotten one, but the other one, she said, I would have had no clue, I would have put that. Now listen to me. Deep needs, that we understand the need of each other. See, there's an issue that we have in a relationship. It's unmet expectations that the other person doesn't understand or grasp. Now, can I say this to you ladies? It's Valentine's Day, so let me help the ladies out. I help the men out, right? And then what happens? Use it, I promise. But, but ladies, let me help you. We're never going to figure out what you're feeling. That was worth the ticket price right there. Listen, he's 
never going to figure out what I wanted the red one. He's barely, he barely understands the color red. You understand what I'm saying to you? Listen to me. We've got to communicate needs. We've got to communicate. This is what I mean. So listen to me when we say, hey, here's what's going on with me. And the one thing that I shared with my wife this morning that I said a deep need for me, she went, whoa, I never even thought about it. I mean, we've been married 25 years. I don't know how many counseling we've been through. I don't know how many conferences we've been through. I mean, on and on and on. And then I said something that was this morning, my wife went, Okay, got it. Understood. You, you know what I'm saying? And so if we're going to, we've got to deal with the number one cause of divorce is communication. It's communication issues. Right? Over and over. And I know there's plenty of singles here, but hear me in this. Number of what's going on in your broken relationships are communication issues. In your broken friendships, in your broken family relationships, they're communication issues. Well, what are, what are four barriers to communication? Let me give you four barriers. This is like Dr. Markman and Dr. Stanley. Again, not me. These are smart guys that put this stuff together. So what are kind of the levels of communication? Well, number one, we withdraw. Anybody ever done a silent treatment? Come on. You know, in the silent treatment, if you're married in the silent treatment, you can't even touch. You get in the bed, you're all over on the edge. Man, if you're healed, you can touch your lungs. You know what I'm saying? Right? You're on the silent treatment. You know, reminds me of this, this guy and this guy that are fighting and they're doing the silent treatment and they're not talking and all this stuff. And the guy's just up next morning and he doesn't want to make this his fight. So he wants to ask his wife, would you make sure I'm up, 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 up there doing the silent treatment so he doesn't want to lose? So he takes a note and he writes the note and he leaves it where she knows she'll see it first thing because she's an early riser. It says, please wake me up at 5 a.m. Next morning, I wake up at 9 o'clock. This is his flight. Looks over on the night stand. There's another wake up. It's five o'clock. <laughs> Gentlemen, you can't beat them. I'm just telling you now. Stop trying. Withdrawal, right? Man, listen, we withdraw. We withdraw because we think it's the honorable thing to do. But it's not because it takes away from our love and security, which is our basic need. Right? Once we get past with that, we get to the place of escalation. You get so loud. Right? When I get loud, I'm going to win. Never works. Never works. Never happens. Right? Listen to me. Even if you get your way, if you don't get to their heart, you lose. You hear what I'm saying to you? Right? That it, that it escalates. Did you know this? Research says. You ready for this, ladies? This is going to rock your world. Research says that once men's heart rates get over 100 beats per minute, they no longer think rationally. That's researched. I just changed some of y'all's lives. All right? In other words, when we get to that place where we're so worked up, we really have a hard time. And then if we get beyond escalation, it gets to the next level. And they call it belittling. Belittling, right? I'm already in the fight, and I don't want to take the high road, so I'm just going to take the lower road by making you look bad, so I have one up. Boy, got quiet in here. This is actually why people are critical. You know, people are highly critical. They just criticize everything, pick apart everything. It's insecurity. That's what it is. Because when I see something, I'm going to pick it out, because if I do that, then it'll make me look better, because it'll make 
This is crazy in our culture today. Comments on social media, supposed war of ideas, and I remind you your opinions don't count, but your actions do. We have to get this madness out and live an uncommon life. I, my fear is you're copying the behaviors of the world. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? And so we're getting those unhealthy results. <laughs> you know, it reminds me of another couple, a couple driving down the road, and then just turning each other apart, saying just nasty things, just pushing every button they could push. And finally, they're riding along, there's a farm, and our farm lady's driving, looks over, there's a bunch of goats and pigs. She goes, relatives of yours? She goes, yeah, in-laws. Once again, man, you're not going to win. Stop trying. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Belittling. That's, and then, and then the most dangerous, listen to me, the next barrier actually goes to a spiritual level, in my opinion. It actually is demonic. In other words, I believe the enemies of darkness, the, the devil and Satan and demons, they get involved with your situation in this, and it becomes demonic, and it's this. It's false belief. John 8 says this, the devil is a liar and the father of all lies. And so what happens is, Satan would love for you to start believing something that is not true about your spouse. Something that is not true about the other person. Come on, we all do this. Do you remember Mad Libs? Anybody remember Mad Libs? They give me an hour. You imagine it, and then we read the funny story. Do you know how often we Mad Lib? Because we hear a little bit of piece of the story, or our spouse says one little thing to us, and we create a whole thing around it. Well, they probably were thinking this, because they were probably doing that. And, they were pro- and the next thing you know, listen to me, you are responding to them based off a story you just made up in your own head. Right? Listen to me, that's the mind. That's, that's, that's false belief. So now it's the ideas in your mind that never happen are destroying your relationship. Now, some of you are doing it right now. Some of you are in the middle of a conflict right now, and if you would stop and really think it through, there are pieces of the story that you actually created that actually did not happen. There are assumptions that you make to not live and create that scenario, and that's when I believe it becomes demonic, that the devil is just happy as can be because he's right in the middle of tearing our relationships apart, tearing us apart. So what do we do about all this? I mean, Jesus in the Bible has a lot to say in this, Proverbs over and over, lots to say about our tongue and our language. As a matter of fact, there's a part where Jesus talks about there's one sin that is unforgivable sin, and it's blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Now, for those of you, I'm not going to teach on this today, but for those of you that are kind of like, have I ever done that? No. No, I can say that confidently. Because had you, your punches would be seared, and you wouldn't be here today. Okay, so to, let me take that off the table. The only reason I bring it up is this. I bring it up because the greatest sin you can commit is with this thing. The greatest sin we can commit is, is with our language, is, is with our tongue. And right after that, right after this unforgivable sin, this is big. The greatest sin you can commit, obviously, your tongue. We need to put some weight on this topic. We need to put some weight on our words because our culture has made words not as heavy. You hear what I'm saying? What I mean that is we can just fly off the handle with words or with vulgar language, and, and, and we don't give it the weight that we used to give it. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Like we need to put some weight back to understanding that this is huge. So right after he talks about blasphemy in the Holy Spirit, 
He says, he shows us how much of a big deal it is. Look at Matthew 12 and 36. Let me tell you something. Every one of these careless words is going to come back to haunt you. Well, that I'll sober you up for a second. Do you hear what I'm saying? In other words, every word we speak is a seed. And at some point, that seed is going to blossom, and you're going to have the fruit of that seed. Good and bad. In your generation or in the next generation. In your relationships or in your marriage. At work, I mean, it goes on. There will be a time of reckoning. Words are powerful. Take them seriously. Words can be your salvation. Words can also be your damnation. You are looking at a guy who stands where I am today because of words. Because my mother and my grandmother and my aunt, those three women, are absolutely amazing and were instrumental in my life. For years, all I could hear was, Michael, you can do anything. Michael, you can Yeah. No, don't go out for the team. Be the captain of the team. But they spoke life into me, and, and it gave me a boldness to do what I do. Now, I also stand here the, the guy that at one point somebody told me I was too fat to love. It wounded me. Can you begin to describe how much it wounded me? I'm also the kid that I remember my Uncle Dan. Oh, boy, that was, that was hurt just thinking about When I remember my Uncle Dan drunk. Saying something about the little bastard. He's talking about me. And with words. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Like, like our words are powerful. And the words that you say and the words that you post. And any words that you put out, you've got to be given more weight. So we're dealing with words that are spoken over us. That's why we need church. That's why we need small groups. We need a safe place to deal with. Crazy feelings. Anybody here a little bit crazy for getting in that? I know a lot of y'all. There are a lot of crazy. You never raise your hand. Make a safe place. Make a safe place to say, this is what I'm feeling. I know it's jacked up, but this is what I'm feeling. Right? And, 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 and to deal with that, have places we create. So, so you've got to do that. We've got to be a peculiar, uncommon people that are going to speak life into to one another. So we review the negative. So now you guys, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I, I, I want to review the positive just a little bit. George Bernard Shaw, George Bernard Shaw, I can speak really, said this. The single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it is taking place. We have a tendency to think people already know how we feel. Well, I told her we love, I loved her on her wedding day. I'll let her know for changes. That ain't how it works, big man. You hear what I'm saying, Jim? That ain't how, like, like, they don't know how you feel. They don't know that they, they, it has to be spoken. And so here's the word I'm going to give you today, and the band's coming to close us out today. But here's the word I'm going to give you today. Intentional. We need to be more intentional with our words. Do you hear what I'm saying, Jim? We need to prize words a little more. We need to look at words from the standpoint, and the, the verse we'll read in a few minutes, that, that in words is the power of life and death. And we all know it. 
Because I could go throughout the room and you could all tell me a moment when somebody said some words to you, man, it just crushed your spirit, wounded you, did something to you. And then you all probably could name another time when somebody said this to you and it just bolstered you and made you feel like you could take on the world. You're ready to go grab onto a switch, you know, kind of scenario. So we got to do some. So, so I want to give you seven things. Seven things that we're going to close out with today. But I'm going to ask you to be intentional about. Intentional about the way we communicate and what we communicate. So, so, so let me walk through this. Number one is this. Number one is praise. 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 Like, not in the same way we praise God, but choosing to highlight the good in people. Come on. I don't care who it is, you can find something good. I mean, the only thing might be, oh, it's so good you took a shower today. I mean, that's fine. Say something good. You know what I mean? Like, like we need to be better at, at, at speaking praise and say, look at Proverbs 25. A word aptly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Picture gold apples in a silver bowl. What is that? It's beautiful and valuable. Beautiful and valuable. Listen to me, our words need to be beautiful and valuable. Are you you hearing me? We need to speak value into each other's lives. We we need to get on and start using social media to be something that just made people are like, no, I hope so-and-so posted again. Not, oh, I wonder if so-and-so posted again. Here we go. Beautiful and valuable. Like, my wife, I, I, I love watching her with the kids when you know, she works with the kids. Because um, one of the kids will say, yes, ma'am. And she'll go, oh, my gosh. Look at those manners. Fantastic. I mean, you know, that kid is just dying to say yes, ma'am. Again. You know what I'm saying? Like, like praise. Because I know you're tired. I'm tired. Sometimes I, I really... I'm like, hey, well, minus one wouldn't be bad, right? I mean, but, but praise, have you, have you praised lately? Have you praised, have you, have you praised, have you, have, you, have you praised your spouse lately? Words that are beautiful and value, adding value to people's life is so, so, so critical, so, so important. Today is step two of life steps, and, and we're going to talk about your relationship with other people. That's what it's all about, so. Come to my steps today. Maybe if you haven't been here that long, I implore you to stay for 45 minutes to an hour for my steps because we talk about what our church means, vision, everything else. You can ask questions, all like this. Come to my steps. Let's talk about this a little bit and what it means to have other people. If you're struggling, praising, or saying positive things, catch this. Let us take you on a journey. That's kind of the whole idea of life steps. Number two. Number two. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Do this, do this, do this. Turn to someone right now and say, thank you for being here this morning. All right, find somebody else. Thank you for being here this morning. Come on, find somebody else. Yeah, you're absolutely. Glad to have you, Joel. Let me ask you a question. Anybody here down, sir? No, how easy was that? To just say, thank you. And you know what? That was sincere, because had they not been here, worship wouldn't have happened today. Because that person next to you clapping was encouraging you to clap. And that person next to you raising their hand was encouraging you to work. You hear what I'm saying? Like we need, but we need to say 
thank you. We need to start saying thank you when you go out to lunch today. Listen to me. It might be the worst serving you've ever had in your life. All right, so Pastor Mike, I don't tell you a lie and say, thank you, you are an amazing servant. No, I don't tell you to say that. But I don't even say this. How about you look at him and go, man, you're working hard. Keep it up. Praise. Right? Just, I mean, just and then leave them a honking tip, even though they're terrible. Come on. Just because. Just, just thank you. How about I challenge you with this? How about every one of us this week, I want you to use the word, the words thank you five times a day. I want you to choose five times a day this week that you say thank you to someone. Students, thank the teacher. And help her up. I pass out. Right? Thank, thank you to your, to, to your spouse. The, 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 the little set of Proverbs 18 and 21, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. He who finds a wife, ooh, he who finds a wife that is good and receives favor from the Lord. Honey, let me tell you what is good about you. And again, help her up. Come on, and finish what you have to say. I want to stop and tell our spouse, our kids, our friends. It takes almost no effort, but it's huge. Number three, affection. Ready? Everybody repeat after me. I love you. No, we're going to say it. No, they don't know it always. But God say, can I say this to you? I love you. You guys have no idea how often I think about you. How, how I have spent my life focusing on how do we help these people love Jesus and make their marriage better and their relationships. But I love you, church. We need to hear that. We need to say it to one another. Absolutely. I'll take it. Jeremiah 31 and 3. I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. This is what God says. With unavailing love, I have drawn you to myself. Number four, I've got to keep them in. Encouragement. Encouragement. Find someone who is discouraged and fill them with courage. You got this. You can do this. Yes, this stinks and it's hard right now. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on. Right? If you'll submit to him, he'll work it all out. He's got you. Because guess what, church? There are no such things as neutral words. You know that? Words are either going to take someone in a positive direction or a negative direction. There are no neutral words. We've got to encourage. Tell your daughters they're beautiful. That you're supposed to say that. Yep, and I will say it again. Not only are you supposed to say it, and they won't receive it right now because you're supposed to say it, they will when they're 20. They will when Tell your son he's a champion. I know he's a skinny old dude who plays weenie right now. Tell him he's a champion. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Speak life into him. I loved it this week. It was so cool. Anastasia came in. He and Tim's daughter, Anastasia, came in and brought me a Valentine's. Brought me a little little Valentine last night. He and Stasia, a little hard on. He had to touch my heart. It was so cool. And the Pastor Doug and I were sitting there in the, in the office talking. And she had one for Pastor Doug. And he goes, oh, my gosh, for me? Really? He goes, Anastasia, how old are you? She said, I'm six. And he said, oh, my gosh. What a fantastic age. It's the coolest words. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? That worked to that little girl. 
Augusta was just, it was kind of just something he does. I think he's a great guy. But it, it marked her. It, it did to tell your sons, tell your employees, tell your friends. Your regular encouragement of other people will create a world around you that you won't believe. Be there in one city. Students, be the weird ones. Speak encouraging words instead of all the crap they're saying to each other across the hallway or across the desks. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Speak life, number five. I gotta keep moving. Kindness. Kindness. Kindness is this. I wrote it this way. I'm gonna create an environment where you are safe to be around me. I'm gonna create an environment or you feel safe to be around me. Because some of us have created environments that it's unsafe for people to be around us. Because we're an autocrat. Because of our own insecurities, we're critical of others. Right? Instead of being kind, how many of y'all know people are crazy? People are crazy. Come on, somebody. Are people crazy? Yes, people are crazy. And you don't realize how crazy people are. That just shows how crazy you are. Are you understand? My people are crazy. When do we start to get kind of crazy? Because I'm crazy and I need your kindness. It's about creating a safe environment. Proverbs 15.1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up, stirs up anger. Now I'm going to stop right here. This is a handful of people out there that are kind of hard-run kind of people. You know, I trust like, man, it's all like really good each other. It feels all floppy right now. I really am real. Talk about truth. All right, let me get into that. Number six is truth in love. Truth in love. That's what the scripture tells us. It's okay to say what is wrong, but it's not okay for you to enforce truth. It's not your job. It's not your job to intimidate someone else into thinking the way you think. Do, do, do you hear what I'm saying? So we've got to learn to speak truth in love, like, like not trying to intimidate uh, so that you behave, so to speak, but letting the Holy Spirit work on your heart. Ephesians 4 and 15, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. John 1 and 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, Jesus, and we have seen His glory. Glory as, only, uh, as the only Son from the Father, catch this, full of grace. And truth. Grace and truth. You guys hear me say it all the time. I'm going to say it again because it bears repeating every week probably. Truth without grace is just me. Do you know you can be right and wrong at the same time? Because you can be factually right but get nowhere with the person that you're trying to actually love on or make a difference in their life. Truth without grace is being grace without truth. In other words, it's okay, do whatever you want, however you feel. No, that's meaningless. Truth and grace is medicine for the soul. We've got to be a people to learn to be more like Jesus. Because Jesus called sin, sin, then he died for that same sin. That's, that's, that's the call in our lives as followers of him. And the last one, the last one, is the best one, is prayer. How about this week? Mom and Dad, before you start getting into it, 
I'm going to want to be obedient. Well, that's enough to go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's pray first. Like before we start, you know, it's not like anything. Before I start escalating, before we start belittling, before we come running down that trail and ch- chasing after demonic false stories, and can we pray for just a second? God, please help us. Because I'm mad as heck and I want to knock this stuff out right now. Right? Would you calm my feelings? Would you calm my heart? Would you bring me to a place, God, where I'm looking to make peace in this? Just stop and pray. I did it this week. You guys went so proud of me. I did it like five times this week, right? And I just got to hear my own word, and I told you before. That's my church. Right? But I'm like, you know, whatever. Because that's my church. You're going to be kind, you're going to create a safe environment. This poor little lady at that park house, you know, she's scared a little, and she's scared to death, and she's driving. There's no one else to drive her. Come on. And you're the big bully in your big truck behind her. Come on, Jane, what's wrong with you? It's my own insecurity. It's my own desire to have what I want the way I want. Come on, help me. Just ask God to change your heart. Psalm 16, 8, 9. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With Him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad, and my tongue rejoices. My body will also rest secure. He is rested. That's good. Let's pray and ask God to help us with the Lord today. Let's pray. Father, we need to ask first for the healing of our hearts. The words that have been spoken over us, the words that have been said to us, to heal our hearts today, God. To help us to forgive. To help us to let some of those things go finally. Maybe it's been years. And then, Father, we ask for your forgiveness for the careless words that we've spoken. God, would you please make room in the hearts of the people that we've hurt for forgiveness? Would you give us words to go back and say, I'm sorry, to our kid, to our spouse, to our friend, to our co-worker? Apples of gold in settings of silver that we would speak beautiful and valuable words to people in our lives. Father, in this moment, we take responsibility for our mouths. Would you guard our mouths? Would you help us to take captive every thought and bring it under submission of your Lordship, Jesus? We know, God, we can't do any of this in our own power. It is only because we have the indwelling of your Holy Spirit empowering us to do this. And so we ask, Holy Spirit, once again, to fill us, make us whole, this particular, and help us, God, to use words aptly spoken. God, if there's anyone here that doesn't have that power because they've never started a relationship with you, ask that you make yourself very real to them right now. Holy Spirit, would you come with a heart movement? That's you this morning with your eyes still closed. I just want you to know, heart beating a little faster. You're feeling a little something. There's a couple different options. One is maybe some conviction. The Holy Spirit's bringing some convictions over words you said. Things you need to make right. 
For some of you, it may be the Holy Spirit is calling you for the first time. You have a relationship with that The creator of the universe wants to have a relationship with you. And the way we do that is submitting our life to Jesus. Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for dying for my sins. You forgive me of all what you make me new. From this day forward, I make you Lord. You are in charge. And I will live my life the way you have designed it. Thanks for joining us today. We would love to help you on your next steps. Please visit cotlakes.com. Join us weekly as we continue to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in our community.